Morning, good evening, good afternoon. My name is Vivian Aqua and I'm, I call myself the Inclusive Workplace Wellness Advocate. But to keep things simple, I am a DEI consultant and coach based in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, but I operate all international all over the world. I want to highlight something, a topic that has been um, something that is re recent, right? So there's a lot of light regarding the layoffs and regarding so many companies that are um, not doing it the correct way. I want to apply positive psychology on this topic. So Stripe, when you Google Stripe, the CEO memo that he shared and also with his co-founder that they shared when they had to lay off people, take some lessons out of this uh, out of this memo because there are valuable lessons that you can apply i know laying off people is not you know it's not a fun job to do but when you add in compassion when you add in empathy when you add in humanizing the workplace element in it people will always remember you right the the, the saying the saying about maya angelo people will not listen to what you do People will not uh, remember what you say, but people will remember how you made them feel. And how you made them feel is a very essential topic. I wanted to bring this on as a good, positive example of letting go of people with a lot of dignity, humanity, and empathy. But today's topic, right, it's about it's about psychological safety and what can we do to boost that? So. In, in in this conversation, I cannot do it alone, right? It's not about me, myself, and I. And I had to bring three women from all over the world, bring them in uh, one by one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share them on my screen and be very mindful of the bio. And I made sure I made sure that I remember Nancy because Nancy has a surname that has to be pronounced in a different way than you write it. So bear me bear me out, right? So we have Nancy Kashoshe. Did I do it right? You're almost there. <laughs> okay, help me out. What, how do I pronounce it, Nancy? So the trick to saying it is the SV is one syllable and it's mm -hmm. a sound. It's like, mm -hmm. so it's Kashoshe. Kashoshe. You so see what I did here? Most people can say the SH sound, which is sh because of words like shoe and others, but. The SV is very specific to my language, which is Shona. I'm from Zimbabwe. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's a little hard even for other Africans. So I, I forgive you. <laughs> so what you're saying is you did your best, but <laughs> no, no, no. All jokes, all jokes aside, I'm just sharing a valuable lesson, a lesson that is often missed in the workplace that can also add into psychological safety. So I asked Nancy, I shared with Nancy, mm -hmm. I'm doing my best. I really listened to the way she pronounced it, but still mm -hmm. she corrected me in a, in a perfect way, in a very gentle way. Ask for that permission, right? Look, look at the way that I did it. So Nancy, she is an impactful, driven professional who is passionate about equity with the goal to democratize access for, to people, platforms, resources, and opportunities for historically disadvantaged groups, in example, women and people of color, to achieve their full potential. Then we have Ana Alvarez, who is the founder of Migrapreneur, where she is bridging the opportunity gap for migrants, activating other migrapreneurs to keep building, innovating, and enterprising. And then we have Julia Sato, 
She is a DEI leader trailblazing how companies mobilize inclusion and an author, speaker, board member, co-chair to Unitar, Civil, York, EDI, and Servant. I have a few power ladies on this, on this, on this panel. A few power ladies on this panel. That's amazing. And also, I um I'm gonna do my best. Muyua, I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing your name right. And please correct me. Please send me a voice note so that I do it better next time. But thank you for wishing us luck because we need everything, especially when it comes to this topic. So, Nancy, let's start with why do we need to humanize the workplace 2022 going on to 2023? Oh, gosh. Um, so, Vivian, thank you so much for having me back on the show. Mm -hmm before and I super enjoyed it right and I resonate so much with how you have phrased your work because mm. humanized is really what 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 it is all about right and it's very simple we're all showing up to work as humans and mm. what human means it's the good the bad and the ugly right and what brings out the best in people is being able to show up as their best selves Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, even if you have workplace rules that are barring people from showing parts of themselves, those parts are still there, right? And what you're doing is just taking energy away from productivity or from producing for the company by, you know, not giving them space to be their full selves. So we have to always be thinking about humanizing the workplace because we're showing up as humans. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna highlight what I caught from your com what you shared right now. If we are not allowing people to be their true selves, bring their whole selves to the workplace, we are practically saying to them that activate your stress, leave your happiness hormones, you know, there and be less productive. That's what we're saying. That's what I'm hearing. So thank you, Nancy, for sharing that. And Julia, I see you nodding your 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 head as in, okay, okay, I have something to say about that. And what, what's your take on, on this question? I love this question. You know, I think mm -hmm. about the word to humanize, right? It's mm. To make human or give human nature a, a character. So as a verb and how we're using it is really to make kind, merciful, and considerate. And when I think about bringing the whole self to work, that's why I started to smile when Nancy said that. One of the things about psychological safety, even as a mother, even as a leader, and talking about it is, are you safe enough to bring mm. your whole self? I saw an article, now I wish I remember it, but Nancy sparked all this, the juices flowing in my head, in <laughs> which we do when we get to meet with other people who love and are passionate about the same yeah. thing. And it actually says, is it necessary for you to always bring your whole self at work? And I used to say that. That was like my big mm. adapt, right? You belong and bring your whole self to work. And sometimes I do say it because people understand it to be so. But they're saying it's not always safe or you may not always want to. And respecting that was something that was like another layer to my own learning. And then when people ask me the question, how do you help people do this? And I go, well, do they have enough safety? to advocate and sponsor mm. for somebody else. So to, to me, it's all about if the issues of what, you know, psychological safety and not having it brings into the organization, which to me is articulated in, in, in a work culture is empathy, 
we, this is how we hear it, but really it's psychological safety, right? Is empathy, emotional intelligence, inclusion, mm -hmm. recognition, equal access and opportunity, sponsorship. All of this sounds wonderful, but if you do not have psychological safety, you cannot start from the climate to build it. So, that's the that's the number one ingredient where I start with the training, right? We can all have these beautiful ingredients where it comes with inclusive leadership, it comes with courage, but if you don't lead and start with this whole psychological safety and create an atmosphere where everybody can share what do they need to feel safe, that's it. That's mm -hmm. it. And you're saying it in a similar direction where you're adding everything into it where leaders, organizations spent time on building that psychological safety. That's it. Anna. Well, speaking of safety, and mm -hmm. I'm loving all the graphics and the emojis that you're creating right now. <laughs> I, I, I was actually trying to see if I have some posts because I want to do it all the time. Um, <laughs> So speaking of safety, I am right now back home. I mm. am visiting my family. I'm with my mom. That's why Where's I'm home? back when I have a different setting. I'm Where's in Costa home? Rica right now. Mm. Yeah. I'm based in Berlin for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um in Germany. So I'm in Costa Rica. So I I have the, the most okayish setting because if I turn around, you're old. I don't want to make people suffer, especially in Europe, with my view uh, and with the sun and everything, but um, but you're you're okay with talking about it, though. I don't feel safe about this whole conversation that you are just <laughs> dropping it there and just leaving us there. Well, well, essentially, I mean, the reason why I'm saying this is because I think I posted it two days ago or yesterday on my LinkedIn. Um, mm -hmm. When, when when we are on leadership positions, especially mm. as women, and I know that we're going to be discussing about that in, in, uh, later on, we have to prove ourselves so much mm. yeah. that we forget about ourselves. Mm. And, um, and something that I've learned over the last seven years, I had to go through a very you know, tragic uh, moment in my life last year, losing somebody, a member of my family, to understand that if we are in leadership positions and we have the power to make our environment feel good or bad, and if we're not doing great, what are we talking about a safe environment? There's no need to bring all these fancy experts and workshops if we, if we are not, this, ourselves as leaders, we are not that safe. And, um, and to me, when I don't feel like it, I need to go home and visit my family. Mm. You need to take go my back time to your roots. And yes. totally, yeah. totally. Because yeah. I was sharing yes, I was sharing yesterday on LinkedIn that in the last seven years that I've been running my entrepreneurial ventures and projects and everything, I went home twice. Mm. Over seven years. Twice. And the second time was to a funeral. So what I want to say in this is that I don't, I am not the only one I see and it is priced. It's on books and we share on social media all the time. When you see the entrepreneurial hassle, the word entrepreneurial hassle, this is too priced mm. and taking the stand in front of 
your collaborators, in front of your peers, in front of your stakeholders and say, hey, I need holidays. Don't, don't get me wrong. I know that in the corporate environment, when you're an employee and you're paid, it's some sort of like understandable. Sometimes when I used to be a boss back in the days, uh, but hired, you know, roll out, roll your eyes and, and move on, especially when there's a deadline of a project. But when you are the leader and you have to say that in front of your employees and collaborators mm-hmm. or stakeholders, woof, that changes. But I yeah. learned it. I had to learn it the hard way uh, to take my time off, to see my mom, to see my home, my weather, everything around me, to understand that if I am not okay, nobody around me will be. Fill your cup first before you share it with other people. That's that's the message that I get from here. And also when, uh, I just want to highlight for those who are watching, when Anna is talking about entrepreneurial, um, know that within companies you can be an entrepreneur, right? So if you see yourself as an entrepreneur where you are activating your entrepreneurial muscles within the company that you're working for, it it's valid for you as well. We often do, we often go the extra mile uh, without realizing that we need to fill our cup first before we serve other people. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. I see. Yeah. Um, because I completely, um, uh, you know, recognize what Anna is talking about and what you are mentioning right now, right? Because I am one of those people who has been an entrepreneur um, inside my company, being um, the founder of the Women's Network, right? Mm-hmm. And I lead up next to my regular job. And um, I also came to this conversation because psychological safety for me this year played a huge role because mm. I came to that moment of realizing that I can't, I can't do this, <laughs> right? And I needed um, to take a step back and I needed to, uh, my cup was empty basically. Mm. And Anna, I also yeah. went home as well. <laughs> and I had three weeks off, um, eating my mother's food being <laughs> yeah did you know what she did she sent me photos of the food like you know we are both african people and she's sending me these dirty sexy amazing dishes and i'm just like Very wow. Sexy. <laughs> wow 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 right right so so absolutely right to uh being mindful to about your for yourself too uh as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur entrepreneur um and also recognizing the moments when you need your cup to be refilled. yeah yeah i highlight that as well definitely second that and i have a few people who have shared some things so kelly cuesta is sharing 100 psychological safety has real measurable benefits beyond simply building a sense of inclusiveness Diverse teams need psychological safety to ensure that their members ask questions and share ideas. Then we have Adriana Morvayova. I hope, please, Adriana, please help me with the pronunciation. I'm doing my best. Never let your mailbox go empty and your connections to fade away. Your roots will keep you grounded when you have your wings to take you to new places. Yes. You should quote that. Definitely the second part. I'm putting that on a, on a post-it. <laughs> <laughs> so going going back to uh, the questions, right? We This conversation is all about psychological safety. And I'll start with you, Julia. Why is psychological safety in the work that you do important? Mm. 
you know, if you talk about it, and I don't want to always commodify or mm-hmm. corporatize the important mm-hmm. psychological yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I've worked through different organizations, like, sorry, different industries. So I've done like the legal customer service, even, you know, as mm-hmm. I had started in waitressing and whatnot, and to um, a customer service reps, you know, um, renting vehicles, to finance industry, to teaching in academia, to tech. And one of the things I wanted to do in academia, I could discuss all of these things at, at nauseum about, but what I wanted to do was say, well, what does this look like? And where does mm. it go others when yeah. the rubber hits the road? And I went into private. Now that comes with its challenges because everything must be an ROI. Mm. So let me put it this way for those out there who are within the, the corporate sphere or not the you know um, not-for-profit organizations, where you've got to get really strategic and smart about what the importance of psychological safety in the work culture is. Mm-hmm. It is the idea of keeping talent and keeping talent happy. Yeah. And the reason why that's important is because mental health, right? You were just talking about that, Anna. Also, Vivian, when you said we have to fill our cup, they're actually saying self-care is caring for others, right? My sister just posted that on her Instagram and I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it reminds me, right, that the idea is we're all caring about how much, look about disability when we looked at COVID and the amount of anxiety and mental health and depression and exhaustion that happened over that period of time, that even women were leaving the workforce. We must care about how people are feeling and the safe to be able to express it, just like Anna said. Mm. If you Gallup, right? Gallup for the psychological safety questions. They actually ask, do I feel safe enough to advocate mm-hmm. work-life balance? Do I have a best friend at work? Best was included in that. These are yeah. really psychologically safe questions that you would never think you would need to be asking in a place that was like, let's just get going. But we must be able to have that in that culture. And I'll tell you one more thing. The reason what we do is we try to start with leaders and we say, do you have all of the information and safety to be able to create psychological safety, which happens at a team level, actually. It's not an mm-hmm. organizational thing. It's actually at, within relationships. And one of the things I wanted to go back to and link really just quickly of why is it important is because when we look at how are we faring as talent, we are faring as people. Look at how we're faring as people. We exoticize yeah. the hustle. We romanticize exhaustion, right? And so psychological safety to me, (laughs) breaking down those barriers and as leaders, right? Saying, I'm sorry, I'm going to take some time off. I'll be back. Or leaders, right? My question still sometimes rests in when you don't have psychological safety as a leader, how do you advocate and create that for someone else? That, that I, I think about it all the time in different ways, but I'll, I'll stop there in terms of why it's important because we care about the people, right? And the people are the resources. Even um, uh, McKinsey just wrote out when they talked about the nine elements of a successful uh, organization in the future, future proofing your organizations, the, the quote said, T- treat talent scarcer than capital. Mm. Julia said it all. She said it all. But also one thing that I want to um, emphasize on when the part where starting psychological yes. safety, starting with the leaders first. Absolutely. Leaders are the temperature makers. They can make the culture warmer <laughs> or colder. 
we have to teach leaders and also guide them, give them a toolkit to guide them. How can they amplify psychological safety and also ask certain questions, maybe anonymous within their team so that everybody feels safe to share and open up whatever it is that they want, want to have to amplify psychological safety. Anna. Anna? Well, what, what I mean, I just can only continue nodding and saying that, look, the, the sector somehow that I represent, I take care of, uh, of a community of entrepreneurs as well. And um, part of the ethos and the values that I always try to share with everybody, and, and I know that sometimes I feel like this size compared to the noise out there is the fact that entrepreneurs or especially many of us in startups which are smaller teams is the hassle the hassle word um that is completely normal that this is you know to normalize to normalize this terrible culture which at the end of the day once you want to grow up once you want to scale up this is already a toxic environment mm -hmm, and true. fixing that fixing that is not going to be fixed by bringing so many consultants and and you know and 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 setting up an hr department which takes care of these things but it's just at the beginning it's the beginning and it's understanding that look the world has changed for for the better or worse but for i would like to see it for the better the world has changed has allowed us to do things remotely to why we don't take care of these resources we have I think we have more resources today than before. We have all the tech in our hands. Um, so it's just a matter of opening up our minds. And at the end of the day, and I, I, can, I cannot say this enough because I have had a lot of experience while I was working, even myself trying to find out some, that's something else. Mm -hmm. and, and doing entrepreneurship in a way or, or, or as an answer, because perhaps I never found this on my, on my working environment uh, before. And so when, when I have to, to deal with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of them come from very big corporations. Yeah. And sometimes I even ask them, why are you doing this? Are you crazy? Are you jumping out of this big corporation? And, and what I see all the time is people unhappy. unhappy people who are who just got tired of the work and um and they're earning enough money they are they're not living because they earn enough money it's mm -hmm. just because they don't feel that they're challenging themselves mm. and so um and these big corporations of course we're not going to mention anyone but these corporations have their own um programs they safety programs their diversity inclusion programs and all that and so my question here is we need to go back to the roots and we need to sit down the leaders of these companies it's like how much they're really changing that culture or leaving it to the hands of of experts which quite frankly can do cannot do magic can't do I, much i get know? where you're coming from and I understand that, yes, we need to challenge the leaders as well, but I've also had different conversations with different leaders, different managers where they are dealing with a lot, right? So I want to see, I want to see both, both parties. I want to uh, show empathy to both parties. So for the, uh, for the employees, the individuals within a team, but also the leaders 
you don't always have to do it on your own or on yourself, right? You can delegate, you can find people. And I know Anna said you don't need all the consultants, but sometimes you do need people from outside no, course, to support, to support you. It's just that when you get them, it's, it's because it's too late. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing, you know, like uh, that's, that's, that's the problem, right? And, and that's what I want to say. I mean, I'm, here I'm not demonized because I'm also a consultant and I've mm-hmm. been called to startups and other companies as well to to especially on, on the topic of diversity and inclusion so of course i can't demonize that but what i want to say is and what i what i have seen is that sometimes this comes too late yeah the fire is already the damage this, has already been done yeah yeah exactly and to revert that it's possible it's totally possible but to revert that sometimes we go to the part of you know changing a lot of things maybe layoffs or maybe you know so there's a lot of things that um that we need to face as 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 leaders and i keep saying that because as i said right now since the world has changed in the couple Mm -hmm. of two years um i i don't want to demonize the ones who were doing this for a long time because i also have certainly committed mistakes I always prize and I always remember my first team of my first year of entrepreneurial and, and, and hiring myself, my first team, not as a boss, but as an, as an entrepreneur. I think this team suffered, suffered mm. greatly. And, 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 and I, every time I have the chance, I apologize um, uh, in public or if I have the chance to speak with them because the fact that this ecosystem prizes that. Yeah prices the hustle, prices the, the fact that, oh, we need to understand poor leaders, oh, we all have so much in our place, we have so much responsibility. Sometimes, yes, we do have to have empathy and that ecosystem is driving many mm-hmm. people to have empathy towards us. I mean, I get all the time messages from people saying, oh my God, I'm not, you're so busy. I, I'm so sorry. I, I, ne- I have never felt that lack of empathy. What I have felt the lack of empathy sometimes is from us to the rest. Because okay. some, sometimes when we get to a certain level um, and we're the boss and, you know, sometimes we get very comfortable in that position. Mm. The position that everybody knows that we are busy yeah. and that we have too much, yeah. right? And sometimes we arrive with the face of we didn't sleep last night and, oh, yeah, of course, you know, like you're the CEO, yeah, you know. But that should not be the case. And, yeah. and, and, and I've seen um, me as a migrant in Germany, um, coming from Costa Rica, which is a 12-hour working uh, time, 12 days a day of holidays, you know, going to Germany where coming from it's, a, it's the opposite. <laughs> it's completely the opposite. Look, that's why I'm yeah. saying that my first employees yeah. suffered from this yeah. because I had a very, I, I was, I mean, still I am, but back then I was too aggressive. Like we, we, and I'm very agile and I want to have things very fast. And, um, and, and I'm the one who pushes. Once I have a project, let's push until the end and we have to give results mm-hmm. right away and we do it. But what cost? Yeah. Indeed. At what cost? This is a nice bridge for, for Nancy as well. Nancy, what do you have to add when My it comes class. to this question? So many amazing insights, right, from what uh, what Julia and Anna have shared. So, Anna, I completely also uh, agree with you on the need to, as an entrepreneur, to infuse the right principles in the DNA company at the beginning, right? Yeah. I had a great conversation on my podcast with someone who they have built a startup that is helping entrepreneurs, like, 
build their own toolkit for uh, you know building inclusion into into their DNA right from the beginning and not wait until later because then you will need more resources to correct that to correct costs right um, so I completely um, uh, see that as well and then Julia your points around the importance of talent right um, something that I've practically experienced um, is how much psychological safety is what also helps retaining talent mm. in the tough times, right? Um, because what you see is, we always laugh at my job, right? That I think we're going through our fifth transformation now since I started there. We're always in some sort of transformation, <laughs> right? But um, in, in those moments, they are uh, obviously uh, moments that are go up and moments that are go down. Um, as well. And what you see is the people are the constant, right? An organization spend a lot, it doesn't matter, entrepreneur or not, you spend a lot of time recruiting people, time, energy, and money, recruiting mm -hmm. people, them, and having knowledge about the organization. If you don't work to keep those people, right, you're going to lose all of that and need to yeah. put way more investment than you needed before to rebuild and to, and to start over, right? Then your company and your organization, your uh, your 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 entrepreneurial um, venture is not moving forward, you know, uh, as fast as it could have, right? So I always am in awe of people I meet around my company who've been around for 25, 40 years. And I, I when I was my first year, I was like, how, why, <laughs> right? <laughs> in the other organizations that I've worked in. But I realized even the value of those people is beyond just, you know, their just their physical presence in the organization, which is why being psychologically safe to contribute, to feel productive, to feel like you belong is such a huge part of how you succeed as an organization, as a leader, um, as a startup. Yep. So those are the thoughts swimming around in my head. Yep. <laughs> A lot of thoughts and a lot of insights are were being shared. Yes, Julia. I would just quickly love to add, yeah. if I look at what type of leader I am in the DNI space, I'm a build mm -hmm. versus buy leader. Mm -hmm. So in talent, I think when you talk about stability in tech, scale up, yeah. startup, but mm -hmm. scale up, highly acquisitive company I'm in right now as well. And when you have a lot of natural VUCA, right? Volatility yeah. and certainty, right? Um, in that, what is the stable, exactly what you said, Nancy, and mm. the diversity, equity, and inclusion, we've never done it to the depth in any organization that I've seen us being able to do as, as the, um, launch pad for the work of diversity, equity, inclusion is how we're doing it yeah. in the current company I'm at. And the reason why that's so valuable is because it's something that feels constant and safe during the business priority of acquiring and so mm. change. And if talent is being built and, and the retention we care about, that is something to hold on to that's safe, yeah. that's consistent. And the people and the relationships that you build, instead of us, how we used to before saying diversity is hiring talent, or oh, you're going to go, even tech, tech is well known for that, is saying, oh, you're going to go, we'll just hire a ton of people because there's more. Well, now there's a war on talent. Now there's a war on talent. So as I was saying about the revolutionaries on the outside, this war on talent, right? 
or things that are happening in the world. When we look at political platforms and George Floyd and Ukraine with Russia and how many, we have a location that was in Ukraine. You cannot not talk about what's happening outside and not caring about inside, even if it's difficult to say, yes, we care about what you care about so that you are motivated to stay, to feel safe, right? That's all part of psychological safety. True, but you know, you you know, Juliet. Sorry, Vivian. Yeah, I just wanted to say that certain uh, what Julia was sharing about certain topics, right? Certain topics I do feel need to be had in ERGs because certain topics are not, um, let's say, they are not always. It's not always safe to have a conversation, and I just want to highlight without naming any names um, in Europe. For instance, if you would share a quote that contains anti-racism, it depends on which country you share it, but the word anti-racism, people will read racism. People will translate that, are you calling me a racist? People will see all the different things that you don't see and that your reason for that is sharing, right? So we need to be very cautious about where are we sharing it and is the place that we are sharing is it safe enough for us to have a conversation about the challenging com- uh, the challenging topics anna oh my god you just said so um and i have to comment <laughs> about this look this is something that i've worked in my entire life my background yeah. is in human rights and mm-hmm. um, i've been surrounded for most of my time by the academia and people who wants to be very politically correct in the sense mm. of how you name things. Yeah. But on the other hand, I also have worked with people from around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been surrounded by more than 130 nationalities to learn that, yes, there is a very specific group of individuals who are claiming, and it's very important to say the, the things as they are, yeah. but we need to understand that not everybody goes through the same process. True. And um, and this is and the only way how we can tackle these things is to learn to be assertive, yeah. and to constantly show and share with everyone around us the importance of having open and honest conversations and appreciate this honest conversation. Yeah, because something that it's really unfortunate in a lot of the corporate environments which we still work with are not prepared for honest and open conversations. Okay, then I'll challenge you as an individual. (laughs) One question, everybody will have one question. If I am new within the company or new starting new within the startup, what question can I ask to test if the environment is psychologically safe for me. One question. Start with you, Anna. What can I ask myself or what can I ask other people when it comes to that? How do they tackle difficult situations when it comes to layoffs? What's what's the strategy they follow? Um, or, Or when there is a change of management or a big strategic decision, how do they do it? That's a good one. Nancy. I'm thinking about finding the black leaders. (laughs) 
because you will see people dance on this question. Well, <laughs> I, mean, like, well I, I would say within Europe, especially within the Netherlands, um, <laughs> some companies you need to look really hard, <laughs> really, really hard. Keep your no, eyes open. What is your strategy for yeah. bringing um, more uh, diversity to the top leadership? How are you reaching for that? Um, and yeah, for me, that's that. Well, you said one question, so can go. <laughs> you already compounded Nancy, three questions in one. <laughs> Nancy, let's make that question to those in which websites there's you know people with with darker, darker skin. You know, all of us. Let's ask that question. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's a good one for me. Another one. I, because for me, one of the biggest spaces that I have felt psychologically safe is in ERGs, right? Yeah. So I want to know. I want to see them. I want to know where they are, where the women, where the people of color. Um, how how do I find them? Um, and um, you know what? I want to meet them before yeah. so I feel like I'm gonna have a tribe coming into this company. Yes, you need that tribe. And another thing that I want to add is, is it active? Is the ERG active? Because they can say they have an ERG. Yeah, Julia. <laughs> I, I love this question. It's a really great question. It's not something I, um, I hadn't thought about. Uh, mm -hmm. These are the two questions. One is, what's the last social issue that's been discussed as an organization that you've mm. addressed? And who That's interesting? Well, <laughs> because we had Roe versus Wade, right? We're a global company. It's very sensitive because you still have to leave it for people who, and I'm actually talking about women and their bodies. I'm not, I'm not entering men into the situation of women's bodies right now, but other women that don't maybe agree or align to that. But how yeah. do you still save space for a lot of people, especially in locations in that area that were struggling? with this and what are we doing about it? Not just a platform, but how are we supporting and who spoke about it? Who spoke yeah. about it? Not only the DNI leader, right? And then, yeah. Yeah, in the past also, the other thing what makes me, uh, what made me think about what's happening tomorrow in the US, right? What's going to happen? Is everything going to be a race? What of the past? The one thing that comes to mind is, um, uh, positive affirmation is it is it called like that positive yeah. affirmation within the university is now being challenged and another thing if that is being overturned or is being um is being turned around yeah what will be happen in the workplace mm -hmm. well um so just to go this is kind of interesting too i'll go yeah. back to that last question joe mm -hmm. um if you uh when you're speaking to leaders you know how you go through the different levels of a company yeah yeah and if you're and and this is also like I guess sometimes it depends on how safe do you feel, how badly do you need that job, how bad yeah. there's all yes. of these in between. But feeling safe to be able to say I'm not going to jump from how we say the pot to the fire. I'm not going to move mm -hmm. from one job because I want to leave it for the culture to go to another job because I didn't like yeah. the culture. So yeah. one of the things when you get to the higher level leaderships is how does your privilege serve you in the work and how are you using Ooh. it to create more equity. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not she like, just like torched the whole question. Yeah, like I did ask it. I did ask it to a gentleman, and he said, and and I still I I wanted him to get. And I'll tell you why he said. Yeah. I'm so thankful that you asked it. I was never prepared True. for the question. True. And he True. said, but what I know is that I have privilege. Mm 
Yeah. And he said, and I'm open to learning what do I need to do in this role? Cause it was a leader role. And I was interviewing him by the way. Yeah. So I, yeah. so both ways, but I'm just yeah. like, I have asked it even in a contender and said, how are, cause he would be my colleague. Right. Yeah. So I was like, right. how do you help me in this role? Yeah. And I, I was so happy about his response. It was so, mm. you don't have to have the absolute answer. You're not a DNI leader like me. What I want to know is, can I work with you? Yeah, true. Yes. Right? And, and, and that's so that are crucial. On here and the managers that are on here, listen, add this question into your mm -hmm. interview uh -huh. session. Because if you, if you value, if your organization values belonging and inclusive, this is a question that is actionable and then you can create that policy towards it or then you can create the steps that that's supporting that so i love that i love that i'm we are sidetracking but still into yeah. psychological safety <laughs> that's totally fine that's totally fine anna you wanted to say something no i just wanted to say that that's exactly what i meant at the beginning you know like when it comes to the to that leadership skill that you had, Julia, it's also to we can't demonize because I've been in a lot of environments where you know immediately you see um, white privileged men and then you know and, and and a lot of them right now in these days are feeling are feeling which they are not we know right but by by concept but they're feeling excluded because they are in certain ways people. excluded though they are being replaced I mean, from a I agree, yeah. but but in a, but in a way, it cannot be from the from the epistemology of what exclusion means. But what, what mm -hmm. I want to say here is that because we want to be that correct, the only yeah. way to tackle these things is to be assertive. Because what Julia did right now with that mm -hmm. question yeah. was being an assertive leader, yeah. understanding yeah. the complexity and allowing him to be honest. Yeah. And I don't know what she was doing in that moment when she was doing the question, but I can tell you that he felt safe to share yeah, that. True, true. And that That's, is what I'm calling yeah. up leaders. And leaders are not just the CEOs or C-level. Leaders are or us who have such a responsibility of hiring, of asking their questions, making decisions within companies. Yeah. We need to learn to be assertive and making people feel safe. Yeah. Another thing that I want to add, because of what, what uh, Anna was sharing regarding the question that Julia was sharing, is ask for context. If you think that a question is going, let's say, right or left, or let's say it seems like it's stepping on somebody stepping on your toe, but you're not sure, ask that question. What do you mean? Can you share more context? Because there might be a translation you know, things get lost in translation, translating everything from Dutch to English. Uh, we are not known to be, you know, the one-on-one -on -one best translators. So sometimes people can make errors, right? Um, try to also see things from the other perspective. I know that when somebody steps on your toe and you're dealing with the hurt, it's hard. But I'm asking you also to see the other perspective and ask that question. What do you mean? Can you share more context before you... Mm -hmm start the conversation that maybe the person did not intend to uh, share that question in that way or make that comment in that way as well. That's, that, that, those are the valuable questions that should be added when it comes to psychological safety, but you want to provide feedback or you want to uh, ask certain questions about somebody hurting you in the workplace, but then you're in your feelings asking certain questions. I see you nodding your head all the time, too. 
I, I overgive context. Like when yeah. we talk about working in a global um, mm -hmm. environment, even different climate of how we work yeah. is different. So I, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm like a blah, blah, blah. Some people really, the way they work, even geographically is like, yeah. just, just get to it. <laughs> like, yeah. Just get to it. I took a leadership um, <laughs> program, and some of the things yeah. I learned about myself, they were like, "You err on the side of empathy, and you sometimes lack directness." And I was like, "But direct might seem rude." And there's like, "That's a very Canadian thing to think." But some people are saying, Canadian. "You know, you're wasting you're wasting my time." That's with the Dutch that. people. That's how <laughs> Dutch people right? operate. Yeah, but I'm yeah. working in this globe. So I was just laughing, like at, at like uh, all the learning. I can. I'm constantly a learner, and that's why I had in my bio servant. Like mm. all these, like what may seem great things. I was like, at the end of the day, I'm a. I'm just yeah. a servant, yeah. <laughs> really yeah. learning. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was nodding my. Head. Yeah. No, definitely directness. Yeah, mm -hmm. Nancy. Now, so let me pick up that point and also connect it back to the example of the guy that you that you gave mm -hmm. because it is one of my personal biggest lessons in psychological safety, a commitment to continuous learning, right? Humility mm, yeah. and continuous learning. Because what you find is you're not always going to get it right. Mm. Leader. <laughs> and, <laughs> and those are the moments to reflect. And I'm so grateful for one of my colleagues who I had this back and forth with on LinkedIn about this because she basically used one of those LinkedIn kudos to give me kudos for creating psychological safety for mm -hmm. our team, right? And mm -hmm. we ended up in a conversation about it because I had just gone through a situation where I was feeling disappointed that someone didn't receive the space that I thought I was creating on the team. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what do you do in that situation? Sometimes yeah. people just don't, you know, there are other things, there are layers to how people are reacting, their triggers or something that they're reacting to a situation. And I think I learned in that moment about the importance of humility and commitment to continuous learning. So this leader, I, I, I hope you got the job because I think he's an asset to your organization. Um, <laughs> and you are an asset to your organization too for your attitude as well of um, just being committed to like, hey, I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna do the work, I'm gonna do the best I can, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna mm -hmm. show you that I want you to connect and, right. and, and, to, and to talk, but you mm -hmm. know, um, sometimes I'm gonna get it wrong. Right. The emulation, like I love that you're saying that the emulation of it's safe to fail as a leader actually is creating psychological safety. So I love that you're saying that because you're like, you're, but you're doing it by example. I constantly, I think what Anna said to me about the way I came about it created safety is such a compliment because you know how it landed. Right. And I'm asking a hard question, but can I ask and be assertive? And still create a place of safety was just a compliment because I never know, but I'm always looking for that. And as a leader, I'm always not trying to come as a know-it-all. I'm mm. trying to lean in because it's been many years with blood, sweat, yeah. and tears to get to where you're at, right? I was like pregnant with my second kid, wobbling into you, trying to finish my schooling. And, <laughs> you know, like it wasn't pretty, right? All the time to get to where you're at. So how do you create the humility and learning about it is being psychologically safe and saying, hey, I totally get it. Sometimes I take race out of it. Remember, you were saying it's really yeah. difficult to talk about DI. Yeah. Sometimes I go, yeah. let's take race out of this yeah. for, a, for a second and yeah. talk about where are white males in the inclusion conversation. Yeah. Listen, yeah. the reason why I'm in it, it, his background is Latin, but even if 
we look at allyship and sponsorship. It's the people that have the privilege that have sometimes created the path to pull us there. Those are allies. So I need them in the conversations. We need you. I even in our, so I launched a DI employee resource group and now at the end, we've launched three new uh, committees and I could only get those committees once I had actually people from the community. I, I can't represent. So we have celebrating black excellence. And yeah. I have to make sure and get people from the community because I am an ally. I'm a yeah. DNI leader, but yeah. I haven't cornered the market on the black experience. <laughs> and I respect that. That's good. I mean, yeah. yeah. So yeah. The, the safety to be able to include allies is everyone. That's not. I see Anna. I see Anna so many, nodding. <laughs> right, because I see so many great questions here. For example, yeah. Nancy, what you said, I want to pick up on that. You said something that I would add a new question, which is how does the company culture celebrate failures, which I mean, should not be failures, how do you celebrate mistakes? Because, um, you know, if, if we if we're not allowed, if from the leadership or from, you know, anyone else, we're not allowing ourselves to say, like, hey, I'm learning, I'm, I'm honestly learning from this. Um, I've been in privilege my entire life. How 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 can we pretend anyone else just joining the company to be safe? To, yeah. to commit mistakes and to, you know, share their know-how. And on, on what Julia was saying, I mean, this is, uh, well, this is just uh, crucial as it comes because it's it's um, being honest and, and, and sharing that honesty upfront. Um, it's just allowed us to be more resilient and more opening because these questions are not only gonna come out, come out from within the company, from our stakeholders outside, but also customers, especially for those dealing with, with customers all the time. And I just wanted to close with one example. We have a program right now, and, um, and, and the program is only for women at the moment, right? And of course, the question was going to come up, why for not for men? Why are you mm. excluding us? Yeah, And um, the person who's handling the, the, um, the community and, and you know, texting all these things, he reached out to me and he said, Anna, what should I answer? And I said, I'm going to answer, don't worry. So I took the the, the company uh, channels and so on, and then I did it on their behalf. And then I said, look, there's something called equity. And there's also called something, there's something that is called justice. And then I explained him very quickly. And I said, we will have time for everyone. But right now, we need to focus on those who have been who have been left behind. And right now we need to bring women in order to bring more justice. Mm-hmm. These men came back with, thank you so much for taking your time. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm, yeah, I'm lost for words because I'm still marinating on what everybody's sharing. And a lot of things mm-hmm. has been shared, but um, when it comes to psychological safety, be vulnerable and invite vulnerability to unlock vulnerability as well. If you're not vulnerable and vulnerable is a strength, it's not a weakness, it's a strength where you can share something about yourself, of yourself to open up your humanity or to show that you're human. Because sometimes leaders are not being perceived as human. They are perceived as a, maybe a God to some people or a higher entity to some people, but they are also human. They cry, they bleed and they do other things as well. So do that. And know that as a leader, you don't have to do everything on your own, right? Activate your people, ask them, how can you support me 
in amplifying the psychological safety in the workplace? What questions do you need to ask so that they feel psychologically safe? We need to ask these questions before every people answer. And we also need to realize every time that a person leaves the company, they are teaching you and your team a valuable lesson. If you want to know the lesson, ask them when they have left. Then they can share and open up more about where you, what you can learn from them and how you can prevent people from leaving more as well. That's it for my end. Any final thoughts? When looking at, I know I know I should be doing my questions, but this this is the last question that I have. When it comes to 2025, I know 2023 is almost knocking out our doors and we have two years, but what is your wish for 2025 when it comes to humanizing the workplace and psychological safety? And I'll start with Nancy. Okay, so um, let me pick one in my head. So the one thing that I haven't seen enough of, right, is... Mm -hmm. um, accountability and transparency around mm. toxic managers. So mm. yes, organizations are investing in trainings and, and everything um, about this topic, which is amazing and, um, and, you know, very, very much needed, right? But are we also creating um, structures that will root out people who do not align with the values of the organization, who are not creating psychological safety? And... I am honestly yet to see that wherever I've worked before um, and still thinking about how can we do that. And in uh, my own context, working with our ERG to see how we can contribute to that conversation um, and, and, and yeah, and just give people more, more safety in that, um, more, more safety in that, you know, when they have not felt safe in the company that mm. they are going to see a, a correction on that. So that's my my wish. <laughs> I would I do have an answer, and that is a part of the answer of your question or your wish is leaders need to be held accountable for the turnover. That's one thing. Mm. Added leave. into the performance review. Yeah, that's fair. Because people leave uh, people leave bad bad leaders, right? True. They don't necessarily leave bad jobs. They leave bad leaders <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> well, sometimes they do. They, they now are being attracted by different offers, but yeah, definitely. But I hear you. Uh, but I'm yeah. so curious about that question as I explore my own um, leadership in the space, right? As mm -hmm. I an organization and lead, I want to um, yeah, always think about Yes, we bring in the trainings and everything, but what are we, we what are we doing to um, yeah create accountability for the implementation mm -hmm. of them and to actually find the people and, and root out the people who are not aligning with the values of the organization if we're claiming that we want to be a psychologically safe organization. I'll take that into account, Julia. Mm -hmm. uh, what I would love to see seeing mm -hmm. human capital aligned to business strategy, every mm. business strategy. So that goes back to the idea of should equity really be part of an economic policy? Okay, but well, sure. I'm going a little bit higher. <laughs> I'm going a little bit higher on that. I was on UN Day and, and that was my, my move to that conversation. And if it is, that means corporations and governments must uphold that, which means every organization must 
have it in there. And then that yeah. would look like to me, human capital aligned to business strategy. And I don't just mean a people strategy and hire the best people and all of that, that kind of rainbow adage that we see, right? <laughs> I want it aligned. You mean, you mean the, all the, the washing, the DEI washing that yes, is being done, right? Be demonstrative, right? Not performative. Yeah. And yeah. I want it aligned to metrics on retention, engagement, mm performance and seeing it visible and viable across the organization operating in different functions the the like talent dimensions right also recruiting dimensions succession planning we yeah. can't do any of that unless there's actual psychological safety in a growing company right to be able to um grow and nurture and be nurtured and want to stay long enough for us to be able to build on that. And mm -hmm. so I, I want to see that in initiatives and then aligned to, like we said, accountability. So now it's it's the DNI to me leader to drive that, to oversee it, to centralize it, to bring people together. But but that accountability again at the team level falls on the leadership and how they're also being supported, right? To be able to um uh, you know, heels to the heels to the grind, right? About creating a psychologically safe space for your people to thrive. Mm. For your people to thrive. Anna. It's very difficult not to say something different from that and basically <laughs> improve those two. Uh, but what I want to say here is that in, from a, stepping a little bit out, what I would like to see in 2025 is I would like to see an ecosystem that stops mm. rising toxic cultures and yeah. unsafe environments. We yeah. need to take the microphone away mm. from those who are perpetuating, the ones who are making it last. And uh, we need to stop. I know that it will be difficult, but I want to see that microphone, that attention going to those doing it right. Yeah. Because it's time for people to feel hope that there's places, mm -hmm. that there's safe environments, they exist. We don't talk about it because perhaps these are not news, but there's an, an entire ecosystem from investors to media to there is accountable hope. for perpetrating the toxic yeah. environments. And it's there is definitely hope. Chance, there's a chance to give the ones who are doing it right, because there's many out there, especially I think about those we're just starting to work. Mm -hmm. That generation who feels that they are in the middle of a huge crisis, pandemic, climate change, everything, we need to give them hope that yeah. they are companies willing to change the way that we're doing things. Yeah. And we also need to be open-minded enough to give them the chance to do so. There is definitely hope. And I am... I lost for words, but I'm also excited that I had you on this conversation. So thank you everybody for watching this episode about psychological safety. Watch it back because a lot of things has been shared. Until the next time. Bye everybody. <laughs>